story number one. How does that work? Written by three ducks in a man suit. So, what? How? Just explain from the beginning each step. How does it work? It took a moment before answering to admire the translation equipment that the Estrials used. It conveyed a sense of confusion and curiosity very efficiently, considering their kind possessed no faces or audible voices. Well, I knelt over their antenna, eager to start explaining. First, the microphone captures the sounds we want to transmit. That's the part right here, okay? Yeah, that's the one. So that captures the sounds and turns them into electrical energy. Then, uh, how do I explain this bit? Right. Then the electrical energy flows through this antenna, which boosts it, and then it generates electromagnetic radiation in the form of radio waves. With me so far, I struggle to perceive any kind of reaction from my explanation. Was he getting it? He, she, ethereals are genderless, right? They don't even have physical forms, it just looked like vaguely bluish splash of light drifting through the air, interspersed with the diamond flashes, stars in a miniature galaxy. Really quite beautiful. I decided on the spot that this one was female. I was going to call it a she. Why not? So, uh, anyway, any receiver within range of the signal can intercept it with their own antenna and convert it back into electrical current, which can then be translated back into sound. And in this way, we can communicate over vast distances. I stood back up, hoping the translation software was picking up the beaming smile on my face and conveying accurately what I was saying. Humanity has used technology for centuries now. We have it on very fine science, and it's quite reliable. So, what do you think? It had surprised me to learn that these serials had never heard or even closed the concept to radio. But I was happy to explain. Mr. Tracy? Ha! Huh. Her voice was vaguely feminine. I made the right choice. That's completely insane. The smile froze on my face. Huh? The sparking lights within the ethereal swirling body jumped and danced. Translators picked up on it and gave me a prickly voice. That's not how the universe works at all. I blinked, words escaping me. Uh, well, I mean, it works. Like, we've been using this since, uh, since the 19th century, I guess. I know that must seem like a blink of an eye to a race as old as yours, but that's practically the dawn of technology for age for us. Mr. Tracy, there is nothing about this radio that should work at all. Compression waves do not work that way. Electricity does not work that way. Electromagnetic radiation does not work that way. I cleared my throat. What exactly was going on here? I had thought the ethereal ambassador had just interested in learning about Earth's history, but... Mr. Tracy, this radio does not work on electromagnetic waves at all. It's a psychic transmitter. Psy... uh... That's simply not possible. I shook my head. Humans aren't psychics at all, I'm afraid. We have no history of it at all, aside from the occasional crackpot who manages to convince a gullible that they can see the future or bend spoons or some other tomfoolery. I chuckled, my laughter only petering out lamely when I realized that I was the only one finding anything funny. Mr. Tracy. The ethereal seemed to condense into somewhat from her twelve-foot-high indistinct form into something more solid and humanly proportioned. 
We detected a massive psychic field surrounding your race the moment we found you. It saturates your home world so heavily that most psychic species cannot even set foot on Earth without their minds melting from strange of so much ambient energy. Your technology works. I held my breath, unsure of what to think. Because you all think it should work. Radios, cars, computers. I mean, really, did none of you stop to think for a moment how ridiculous the idea of getting into space by riding an explosion was? I struggled for a response, but uh, I found myself stuttering. I was an engineer for almost 20 years. This was nonsense. It was still science, right? 1 plus 1 equals 2, right? Did you not wonder why your advancement in technological progress mirrored your growth in population so closely? The more humans there were to believe in something, to contribute their own individual power to the gestalt psychic feel you have, the more your species was able to bend and even break the fundamental laws of nature. Did you really think that you had managed to split the atom by an explosion? That does not sound completely insane even to your ears. Well, when you put it like that... I shuffled my feet, trying to ignore the way the entire worldview and education was being torn apart. My head jerked up with the excuses and justifications already in my throat. We didn't start that war. After we won, they spent the next four years spinning their propaganda machine to make us look like the aggressors. You really should have had no chance there. A species barely into its space-age fighting centuries-old establishment empire. Ludicrous. Guns that should not have worked, damaging creatures that should have been immune to such kinetic weaponry, and an environment where you should not have been able to stand in, let alone breathe. But you did so anyway because, for some reason, you think they're completely normal just to take a piece of your home atmosphere with you to other planets, and breathe that, honestly. It was still difficult to decipher the exact emotions of Ethereal's felt, but I was learning fast. Just please try not to get into any more fights, okay? I nodded, feeling kinda numb. How the heck was I going to explain the internet? End of story number one. Story number two. Sacrifice. Written by JD21TN. Every friend of Saul said that they were crazy, the best and brightest of every species. From the hydrogen-based corral to the iron-based ferrex, humans couldn't pronounce their names, and the old Latin word stuck. Said that you can push the laws of physics, they just don't break. Humanity had realized that the universe would fly apart before FDL, which was unusual for interstellar species, but not unheard of. Every friend and foe told him the same thing. Everything will fall apart. But humans kept asking how to prevent and all the same. First, the farthest quasar started to fade away, the intercluster roots and taking longer, and the world soon began to fail, as the fastest ships could not keep up with the expansion. Every species was prepared to say goodbye to friends at the distant clusters, then nearby galaxies, and eventually the intergalactic neighbors. All had crunched the numbers and come to the same conclusion. In 12 cycles, 172,000 Earth years, matter acceleration would begin to tear stellar planetary systems apart. The strong force holding individual atoms together would take four days after that. 
The oldest sentient species humans made in contact with were the Bellas, who attained self-awareness roughly 120,000 years after the galaxy started clumping together. They never left the intermediate levels of the stars that they had inhabited, except to find new red dwarfs. But they did reach out and communicate with the heavies. They had been working the accelerated problem the longest, and had given up on the solution when the Earth was still hydrogen and a hydropub giant. You could count the species that didn't have doomsday end of the worlds or the story in their past or present beliefs on the periodic table, and still make a quaffable drink, which just added to the collective despair so many felt, except for the humans, of course. I communed with so many different life forms throughout the expanse, but humans had the most enduring and annoying drive to thrive. They were the first species to go from sentience to FDL in under 10 cycles. They solved the in-body problem with 9 variables. They just refused to accept fate. I learned long ago that when a human wants to solve a problem, they'll find a way or die trying. I still struggle with the sheer magnitude of the effort humanity put forth to try and save themselves, and by extension the rest of us. The sacrifices those descendants of monkeys made still inspire warriors and poets alike. Humanity had a saying, how do you eat an elephant? A similar life form to humanity's distant past was roughly 70 times their mass. One bite at a time. And that sums up how they solved the acceleration of the universe. Humans were in a communal social species, which was very common across space-sparing life. But their sacrifice was unprecedented. Humans reproduced in unprecedented numbers. They colonized millions of planets across the universe. They changed their biology to survive on the most barren and hostile places. Then they sacrificed every last member of their species, even down to the youngest to spread across the universe. A man, a woman, a child had every chunk of matter big enough to stand on, and with every resource that they had collected, Every last bit of perseverance, they prostrated themselves as one, with a precision that rivals the best machines ever made. They all sacrificed themselves as one in a trance-like state to stop the expansion of the universe. Our best scientists and mathematicians theorize that the humans use their collective technology and willpower to convert their bodies and spirits to energy. In that brief transition before leaving our plane of existence and going to the next, they were able to rewrite the fundamental laws of physics itself and create a self-regulating system. I have been told that when matter interacts and pushes itself away, but always pulls itself back, so while a star might explode or collapse, the universe will expand a little or contract a little, but never again go too far in either direction. That is what humanity sacrificed. Spiritualists and religious scholars say that it is true enlightenment as they let life continue as they continued to explore what was beyond this universe. They gave us and our children more than hope. They gave us a chance to grow and follow them when we were ready. End of story number two.